We thank you for visiting Christian Bible Temple and pray the following message speaks to your heart. Thank you. You may be seated. The outline. This morning, we're going to be uh, beginning by the Lord's grace, Hebrews chapter 5. And I'm going to be, uh, we're going to be handing out the outline for this uh, chapter so that you, you can have it and um, be able to um, follow along and take notes and whatever else. I would like to uh, ask you to please pray for our sister, Maria Plasencia. Uh, she is um, in the final stages of cancer. I uh, went to see her yesterday, and she's, it's only a matter of time before she goes to be with the Lord. So keep her and her family saved. She's got three children, and I don't think, I don't know if they're saved or not. I know two of them are not for sure. <clears throat> we pray, <clears throat> pray for her family and for comfort. Um, she ha she's at peace, and at least, uh, you know, she knows the Lord, and that's comforting to know. Um, so Ivan and I went to visit her yesterday. Uh, also, I would like you to continue praying for Pastor Jose Majen. Uh, he has, uh, the cancer has met metastasized to his spine and to his liver. So they are treating it right now, and he just finished the first round of uh, treatment after being in the clinic for 12 days. Uh, she, he's home now. So they're waiting for all the analysis to come and everything. So keep, keep the family in prayer. Keep him in prayer. And also, I, uh, on the way over here this morning, I, our missionary, Dorcas Harbin, texted me asking for prayer. She's uh, in transition right now to move from the United Kingdom back to the States, to the state of Virginia, uh, to continue the ministry from there. And she's asking for prayer to be able to find a house, a home, uh, in central Virginia, uh, it is very, uh, the real estate market is very tight, but we know with the Lord nothing is impossible. And also because of these COVID regulations, uh, things have been delayed for about six to eight weeks because the, there's a, there is a shortage of containers. Um, there's a shortage of everything <laughs> lately. Uh, so pray for that, and also the prices have gone up. Uh, everything is more expensive, so please keep her in prayer. Uh, she requested that especially, so uh, please make sure you do that, okay? Um, so let us open our Bibles this morning to the book of Hebrews. of Hebrews chapter 
trying to, <coughs> excuse me, to get to my place in my notes here, so please be patient with me one second. I set it up already to be at the right spot, and then this computer has a mind of its own. Okay, we just finished chapter four, uh, where we uh, were reading about the promise of rest. We saw that parenthesis there. It ended in verse 13. And then in verses 14 through 16, the very end of the chapter, we saw that the Lord Jesus Christ is our great high priest. And we are exhorted to come before the throne of grace uh, because he is our heavenly high priest. He's a compassionate high priest. Uh, he is sympathetic with, all, with us on all points. And because of him, we may approach God with boldness. Now, in chapter 5, we begin here by reading these wonderful words again. So if you're with me in chapter 5 of, of Hebrews, I'm going to start reading verse 1. It says, For every high priest taken from among men is appointed for men in things pertaining to God, that he may offer both gifts and sacrifices for sins. He can have compassion on those who are ignorant and going astray, since he himself is also subject to weakness. Because of this, he is required, as for the people, so also for himself, to offer sacrifices for sins, and, and no man takes this honor to himself, but he who is called by God, just as Aaron was. And we'll stop right here for now to see how far we can go this morning in this great subject. Uh, Christ, as I said, is our great high priest. We saw how Jesus, the Son of God, is superior, a superior high priest because of his better position. The high priests, the earthly high priests were down here on earth, but he is up in heaven. Not only he is in a better position, but he's a better person because he is God himself. He's not human and he is um, there all the time. Uh, and now we see that he is a better high priest because also of his, his priesthood is after the order of Melchizedek. Now, how many of you know who Melchizedek is? Okay, Phoenix, All right, Sophia, who does not know who Melchizedek is? You don't know who Melchizedek is? How many? You don't know. Okay, that, there's no shame in not knowing. It's... The only shame exists in not wanting to know, but not in not knowing, because that's why we're here, to learn, right? Now, let's, to do that, we're going to go back to the book of Genesis. So open with me one second to the book of Genesis, chapter 14. Here we have a very strange story. 
we have the story of a war happening between different Gentile kings. Now, why does the Bible mention this? It's because it involved Lot. And Lot is Abraham's nephew. And everything that has to do with Abraham is important. It's part of the, the plan of God. So Abraham, uh, Lot is taken captive by one of these, uh, by some of these uh, Gentile kings. And uh, Abraham learns about it. And he goes to his rescue and defeats the kings and rescues Lot. Now, after he got the victory, the Bible tells us in, the, in Genesis 14, verse 18, mentions Melchizedek for the first time. It says, Then Melchizedek, king of Salem. Salem is Jerusalem. And he was king of Jerusalem before Jerusalem was Jewish. Before Jerusalem became capital of Israel. Now, it says, King of Salem brought out bread and wine. Interesting, bread and wine, right? When we take the Lord's uh, Supper, what do we use? Bread and wine, right? He was uh, the priest of God Most High. Not only was he king of Salem, king of peace, but also priest of God Most High. And he blessed him and said, Blessed be Abram of God Most High, possessor of heaven and earth. And blessed be God Most High, who has delivered your enemies into your hands. And he gave him a tithe of all. Okay, so we see that Abraham tithed from the booty they took, the loot they took. He tithed Melchizedek. Okay, and this is very significant. When we, we're going to see that in Hebrews, how significant it is. Because um, it, this is more than just an incident of Abraham giving tithes to a king. Now, so then Melchizedek was what? Was king. Was a king, right? King of Jerusalem. Salem, which means peace. Shalom. That's where shalom comes from. means peace. Jerusalem is the city of peace. Very ironic. That throughout the centuries, it has suffered more wars than any other city. Okay? But we see here the Melchizedek came, blessed Abraham, and blessed God. And Abraham gave him tithes of everything. Now, the Bible here tells us that the Lord Jesus Christ is a high priest. But he's not a high priest according to the order of Aaron. Okay? But he's a high priest according to the order of Melchizedek. That order is superior to the order of Aaron. And we're going to see why. Christ is superior to Aaron's priesthood. Because the Aaronic priesthood is taken from men. So going back to our text in Genesis. I'm sorry, not in Genesis, in Hebrews. Chapter 5. It says, Every high priest taken from among men is appointed for men in things pertaining to God, that he may offer both gifts and sacrifices for sins. So what priests, what the high priest is he talking about here? He's talking about the high priest of Israel. The high priests that were taken from men. The earthly high priest. 
the priests according to the order of Aaron. Everybody follow me? Yes? Okay. So we see here it says every high priest. Why? Was there more than one high priest? Absolutely, but one at a time. Because they kept on dying. And because they died, what? They had to elect the next high priest who was a descendant, a son of the previous high priest. And that's how it continued. It was hereditary until the day that the Lord Jesus Christ was crucified on the cross and he did away with the Aaronic priesthood. Now, meantime, this, the book of Hebrews is written at a time though the Lord Jesus, Jesus Christ had been crucified, buried, and risen again. He was up in heaven already, but <clears throat> they continued with the sacrifices in the temple until the temple was destroyed, which was maybe a couple of years after the epistle here was written. So Christ is superior to Aaron's priesthood because the Aaronic priesthood is taken from men. Okay, God appointed men, beginning with Aaron, to be the high priest of Israel. So the writer of the epistle here declares that there are four prerequisites for priesthood. First, he must be taken from among men. In other words, the high priest must be human. Okay? A priest represents man to God. And this means that he himself must be human. And this applies to all priests of the Levitical priesthood. The Levitical priesthood, I say, is the same as the Aaronic priesthood. Because Aaron was of the tribe of Levi. Amen? <clears throat> and Moses and Aaron, brothers, they were both of the uh, tribe of Levi. So we see here that angels and even God, <clears throat> excuse me, even God himself in his deity could not be priests. Okay? The Lord Jesus Christ had remained God as he was and never became man he would not have been a high priest because a high priest has got to be human angels cannot be high priests okay angels cannot be compassionate with us because they don't understand what we go through so we see here that to be high priest God had to become a man and every priest was taken from among men and appointed for men that is to represent men before God Okay, so that's the first thing. The Aaronic priesthood is taken from men. And then secondly, the second prerequisite for priesthood is that the Aaronic priesthood offers sacrifices for the people. The high priest's function was to offer both gifts and sacrifices for sins. Gifts here refers to meal offerings. They had different kinds of offerings in the Levitical uh, law. They had meal offerings made of flour and oil. Okay? And then um, and they were offered with the sacrifices. And sacrifices refers to blood offerings, animal offerings. So we have two types of offerings here. Meal offerings and we have um, uh, blood offerings. Okay? And every priest had to do this in the Levitical order. It was a must. So we see that the Lord Jesus Christ, we see the Aaronic priest was taken from among men. The Aaronic priesthood offered sacrifices for the people. Thirdly, the Aaronic priesthood was subject to weakness. Okay? The third prerequisite for priesthood is that he must be compassionate or sympathetic. A high priest had to be compassionate and sympathetic. Being human, the high priest himself, he is able to feel with and for the people, for he too is subject to weakness. 
And this happens even today. Some people think the pastor is already, uh, they, they think the pastor is the Holy Spirit. And the pastor is not the Holy Spirit. Believe me, I know I am not the Holy Spirit. Okay? And I'm just as weak as you are, and I'm just as imperfect as you are, and I am tempted just like you are, and I go through trials just as you do. Okay? So don't assume that the, 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 the pastor is superhuman. Because I assure you, we are not. Now, there might be some pastors and preachers who may think themselves to be that, but I'm not one of them. Is that clear? So never assume I know everything. Never assume that I know. Somebody came years ago, many years ago, in the other church and said to me, um, I came back from a long trip down to the Caribbean, the Dominican Republic and Puerto Rico, I remember. And this other person went on a trip to Israel, but she left after I left and came back before I came back. So there's no way for me to know that she was gone. So she's standing there by the door of the church at the end of the service and she says to me, thanks a lot for asking me how it went on my trip. And I said, excuse me? Cup of walk, lady. I didn't know you went on a trip. When did you tell me you went on a trip? Oh, I didn't tell you. So how do you expect me to know? I wasn't here. And then she says she apologized and the whole thing. But people assume that the pastor is on top of everything. You, you, you. Sometimes the pastor is the last one to find, find things out. Okay? Uh, but the, thing, the point here is that we pastors are human. We can sympathize. And I know some people are very, uh, and I'm talking about pastors now, they can be very uh, non-feeling. I've, I've met those two, uh, but that's not usually the rule. As a rule, most pastors are compassionate. They understand because they, too, go through things. So the, the high priest was uh, able to feel. He was subject to weakness, and he must have experienced some of the things people experienced because he has suffered human te temptations he is able to have compassion on the people. Compassion means to feel or suffer in moderation without harshness. Okay? Uh, to treat others with kindness and moderation. Now, I wish I could tell you that I did that every time. Unfortunately, I did not. And we, you see, see what I'm telling you? We all make mistakes. And sometimes in my inexperience or in my flesh, in my weakness, or in the spur of the moment when somebody's driving you crazy, you tend to react the wrong way. And the Lord tells us that we must be compassionate, uh, avoid the extremes, uh, treat others with kindness, and I try to do that to the best of my ability. That's why you need to pray for me, because the devil knows my weak points. And, um, but before you judge me, uh, make sure that you uh, examine your heart. Because the Lord says, judge not that you be not judged. All right? Because we're all, all of us have the same problem. Too quick to judge somebody else, but so slow to judge ourselves. Everybody else is wrong, but I'm always right. And that's pride. Okay, so we need to always be careful. Understand prayer is important. I need your prayers more than anything else. And I know that many people in, in our church pray for me often, and I need that, all right? So we see here that the, the high priest 
had to be compassionate. He had to feel or suffer in moderation without harshness and had to treat others with, in, with kindness and moderation, avoiding the extremes of apathy on the one hand and excessive disgust on the other. Must have a balance, okay, in dealing with the people, the ignorant and those going astray or the, the erring ones. Ignorance is a source of sin. Erring is the result of sin. Now with both, the high priest must show balance and remember his own condition because he too suffered the same things. Okay, so that's, uh, we see that. But the, the, the Aaronic priests had to have that quality. But the Lord Jesus Christ has that quality to the nth degree because he's perfect. So he does not treat us with harshness. He understands us because he went through everything. He suffered without sin, but he suffered everything we suffered. Okay? I remember a story from the Old Testament as I'm speaking right now. How many of you have read the story of Samuel's mother, Hannah? Right? When she went to the tabernacle and Eli was the high priest. You know, the big man, fat man, overweight man. That's why I'm losing weight. Um, so uh, he was bad. He was a bad high priest. His sons were disobedient. People detested the, 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 the tabernacle, the work of God because of his sons. They were thieves and immoral men. And he would not discipline them. He would just say, oh, my sons, don't do that. You don't slap wrists. You punch noses when they get out of hand like that. Because of their, their bad testimony, the people resented the work of God. So uh, Hannah came and she's asking for a son. You remember she was barren. She could not have children. And she's praying, but she's not voicing it. She's just moving her lips. And what does Eli do? He's sitting there, the big fat man, and he just looks at her and says, you're drunk. See, that's called insensitivity, ignorance and apathy. See, that goes to show that he had problems. That's why his sons were the way they were. And she said, no, my Lord, I am not drunk. Your servant is not drunk. I am praying from the, 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 the pain in my heart. I am pouring my heart before God. And they said, oh, my daughter, go in peace. God has, answered, has heard your prayers. You know, they could change his tune. But the thing is that we must never assume things. And I've been guilty of that, too. Sometimes you assume things. We all do that. We assume something without listening first. That's why the Bible says that he that answers a matter before he hears it, it is of folly and shame unto him. So make sure that you listen twice as much as you speak. And you know what? It's illustrated in all of us automatically. <clears throat> how many ears do you have? How many ears do you have? And how many mouths? What does that tell you? God is wise, isn't he? We're supposed to listen twice as much as we speak than we speak. And many people, unfortunately, sometimes they speak twice as much as they hear. All right? That's why first, have patience. One of the things a pastor must learn to do, and it cost me a lot in the beginning, is to sit down and listen. And let the person talk. They're pouring out their hearts. Let them speak. And sometimes we're too fidgety, too much in a hurry to get to the next thing. No. 
we must learn to sit down. And I've had, I've had cases where people came to the office, they expressed their problems, they talked for 45 minutes, I didn't say a word, and then they get up and go and say, thank you, Pastor, you really helped me. And I'm saying, I didn't do a thing. But I did. I listened. And they appreciate that. So make sure that you, and it's not only a pastor that needs to do that. Husbands and wives need to do that. Don't assume things. Listen. You, you must listen to your children. And children must listen to the parents. Okay? We all must learn to listen. And that is a discipline, but it's something that is necessary. So we see that the Aaronic priesthood, first of all, was taken from men. Secondly, was subject to weakness. Uh, I mean, no, uh, had to offer sacrifices. Thirdly, was subject to weakness. And fourthly, the Aaronic priesthood had to offer sacrifices first for themselves. Let's look at our text in Hebrews. Uh, and because in verse 2 he says, He can have compassion on those who are ignorant and going astray, since he himself is also subject to weakness. And this is exactly what we just finished talking about. Now in verse 3 it says, Because of this, he is required, as for the people, to also for himself to offer sacrifices for sins. So we all know that on the day of Yom Kippur, the high priest went into the holy. This is very appropriate. Only, only that in the temple was a lot thicker than this. You could not see through. The, some theologians tell us, Bible scholars tell us, that the veil of the temple was about a foot wide in thickness. And it took over a hundred priests to hang it up. You, can you imagine how heavy that thing must have been? It was made out of velvet. Okay? And that was the veil that was torn from top to bottom when the Lord Jesus Christ gave up the spirit at the cross. Okay, and God departed from there. The, the Shekinah glory departed. So once a year, the high priest had to go through the veil. That's why he had bells in the hem of his robe. So they, the people outside could hear him, that he didn't die. Now, the Bible doesn't tell us that anybody died. Uh, you know, no high priest died doing that. Apparently, they were all very obedient, okay, and, or, or very afraid. And, and so they went in to offer blood before the uh, uh, mercy seat. Thank you, okay? So I was thinking of propitiation. It's the same thing. Mercy seat. But first, they offered a sacrifice for their own sins, then they came out, and then they went back in the second time to offer the blood for the sins of the people. And they did that every year. That's why in Hebrews we're told that the sacrifice, the blood of animals could ne never take away sin. Because if they, if they had, if, if the blood of animals had taken away sin, there would not have been a, a, a need for those sacrifices to be offered year after year after year after year. And there was no assurance that everything was okay because the people had to come back every year for the same thing. Okay? So here we see because he suffered the same things, the humanity of the high priest had a disadvantage. He himself had to offer sacrifices for his own sins. 
And we see earthly priests had the advantage of being compassionate to others being themselves human. But on the other hand, their disadvantage was that they too were sinners and had to offer sacrifices for their sins first before they could offer uh, sacrifices uh, for others. Now, they had to obtain purity for themselves first. I never come to church on Sunday without, first of all, having had prayer and reading the Bible and prayer and examining my heart first. Because I could never stand behind the pulpit with a clear conscience if I come here and I have unconfessed problems. See? The Lord needs clean vessels. And not only from the, for the pastor, but every member of the church needs to be a clean vessel to the glory of God. Okay? So we see that they had, the high priests had to purify, uh, obtain purity for themselves first and then intercede for others. For this reason, while the Levitical priest was in sin and had to offer sacrifices for his own sin first, the heavenly high priest that we have, the Lord Jesus Christ, was totally sinless, always pure. The Lord Jesus Christ, when he went into the heaven, uh, heavenly tabernacle, the Holy of Holies, he presented the blood, but not for his, for his sins, but for our sins. Because he himself is already pure. He's perfect. Now, isn't that great? See? That is wonderful. Nowhere does the Bible tell us that he went to heaven and presented blood for his own sin. Because he's sinless. See? He presented the blood for all of us. Our sins. Okay? So, also we see... That the Aaronic priesthood was though appointed by God. Even though it was imperfect, yet it was appointed by God. And there in verse 4 of our text in Hebrews 5 it says, And no man takes this honor to himself, but he who is called by God just as Aaron was. Priests could not appoint themselves and say, I want to be a priest. No, they had to be appointed by God. That's why the Lord said, only the tribe of Levi will be the priestly tribe. Nobody else can do that. Okay? The fourth prerequisite for priesthood is that the high priest had to be appointed by God, for he had to represent man to God. No priest could take the office for himself. It was a divine calling, as was Aaron's. The Lord appointed Aaron first, and then he said, from your descendants... The priests will come. Okay? And God chose Aaron and his sons to be priests. And even them, if you read uh, Leviticus chapter 10, two of uh, Aaron's sons went of their own accord to offer strange fire before the Lord, and the Lord killed them instantly. Okay? You don't fool around with holy things. And... um, Oh, my goodness, it's a good thing the Lord doesn't work that like that today. Churches will be empty. <laughs> so we see that God chose Aaron and his sons to be priests. And Aaron was the first high priest of Israel. Anyone who tried to be a priest without being appointed by God was rejected and severely judged. 
We see people like Korah, who rebelled against Moses in number 16. You read the story, number 16, 1 through 15. He rebelled against Moses. Who are you? Are you God? Does God speak only through you? We are just as holy as you are. And what, what happened? God came down, opened up the earth, and swallowed up Korah alive into hell. He was not from the tribe of Levi. He was a tribe of Reuben. He usurped or tried to usurp. Why is that so serious? Well, because that's what the devil did. <laughs> when you read um, Isaiah chapter 14, you see there the devil says five, five I wills. I will ascend to the highest place in the north. I will be over the uh, equal with God. I will be like El Elyon. I, I, I. And as soon as he thought that, he fell like lightning from heaven. That's why, you know, the only, the only uh, sin there is no sacrifice for is pride. Even in the Old Testament, you read that, read all the sacrifices they had to offer. There is not one sacrifice for pride. Pride is the devil's sin. And that's why the first word that came out of the mouth of the Lord when he was on the earth, he says, repent, for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. Why we must repent? We must, first, we must repent of our sin, the fact that we're sinners. And secondly, then we believe. But you don't hear too much about repentance these days, do you? But repentance is the first prerequisite because when you acknowledge that you're a sinner, that means you have repented, you acknowledge, and that takes humility. Pride goes out the window. And that's why it says also in the book of James that God resists the proud but gives grace to the humble. You want to go up? The way up is down. Always remember that. Okay? And um, when the Korah rebelled against Moses and Darren, God judged them severely. Severely. And uh, God killed him by having the earth, as I said, open up and swallow him up. And King Saul, the first king of Israel, tried as well to usurp the priest's office by sparing some of the flock to offer sacrifices because Samuel was late in coming. And he usurped the office of a priest and Samuel came and rebuked him and what happened that was a very sad day and Samuel pronounced judgment on Saul he lost the kingdom and eventually he was killed by Israel's enemies the Philistines and you think people would have learned their lesson but no later on King Uzziah the king of Judah who was a righteous king. He was a good king. But he tried to burn incense in the temple. Usurping the office of the priest again. And God struck him with what? Leprosy. And he spent the rest of his days in a separate house. He was a leper. Till the day of his death. All these incidents make it perfectly clear. That no man could usurp the office of the priest. God alone had to appoint the priests. And he did it by... Uh, beginning with Aaron and his descendants, and that priesthood continued till, till the death, burial, and resurrection of the Messiah, the Lord Jesus Christ. 
So the four prerequisites for the priesthood were all fulfilled by Jesus most perfectly. He was chosen by God. He became a man. He offered the, be uh, the uh, perfect uh, sacrifice. And uh, he was perfect. He, did not, he was not subject to weakness. And he did not have to offer a sacrifice for himself. Amen? So you see, when you read something in the Old Testament, it's more than just a story. It has everything points to the Lord Jesus Christ. And the book of Hebrews, if I'm not mistaken, is the book that, con that quotes the Old Testament more than any other book. Uh, and, and see, we even had to go to Genesis today because we had to... Uh, mentioned Melchizedek. We mentioned Melchizedek and we had to explain to the benefit of some of you who Melchizedek is. Okay? Uh, because this way you can understand better the texts in the, in the book of Hebrews when we uh, see that. Why did he write this? Melchizedek too is a, uh, a symbol of the Lord Jesus Christ. I mean he's a, a picture of the Lord Jesus. He's both king and priest and the Lord Jesus Christ is the king of kings and he is the high priest amen yeah so I hope you learned something this morning amen all right I think this is a good place to stop because uh, we will be talking next week about Christ being superior to Aaron and why? Let us pray. We thank you for listening to this message and pray that the Word of God spoke to your heart. To listen to previous sermons, please visit us at www.cbttbc.com or anchor.fm forward slash cbt hyphen sermons.